You know, I've been talking about the prophetic, basically about the prophetic lifestyle for a few weeks now. And then Marlon gave an amazing message a couple weeks ago on that. Um, everybody should listen to. Um, so, but this morning I'm going to, I'm, I'm talking about prophetic lifestyle, but I'm shifting away from talking about uh, the gift of prophecy, like the New Testament gift of prophecy. Um, the, as I think what I, we've shared is what we, how we see that gift is it is a way to communicate the Lord's, the Father's heart of love to people, really. That's what it really, really all boils down to. It's, it's a tool. That's what that gift is, a tool to communicate the heart and mind of the Lord to people that need it and need to hear something from God. And so we all really need to, you know, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy because the world needs and Christians needs. We all need from time to time to hear, you know, God's heart. And that's just amazing. But here's the thing about, uh, about the prophetic gift and about really about everything. It's all the prophetic gift is built on revelation from heaven. Okay, so if you take the revelation away, you don't really have you don't really have a gift. I mean, you have a you have something that's empty. And so, for me, revelation from the Lord is everything. Okay, I mean, you know, hearing God, revelation from God, in my mind, they're the same thing. Okay, I just want to clear that little point up. Hearing God, and you know, it's the best thing ever. And, and there's not a downside to hearing from God. There's no negative to hearing from God. You know, there, it's life, it's joy, it's everything. And, and so I believe when we become a people, to become a real prophetic people and have a prophetic lifestyle, we have to be people who, who flow in this ability to hear from the Lord and to walk and be people of revelation because that's, that's what God's called us to be. So that was my introduction. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I wanted to read this beautiful psalm, Psalm 119, 105. It says, Your word, we sang this. This is great. And I didn't tell him to sing it. So, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp. Um, so, you know, when I think about my life, and, you know, even, even before I got saved, uh, I can just see like God's handprints all over my life. When I, when I really reflect back on, on my life, especially as a believer, but even before that, I can see how God just, just time after time it supernaturally intervened in my life. I mean, and kept me from going in directions and places that, that would have been very destructive for me. It was like God just had his eye on me, and, and I don't know why it wasn't because, you know, it wasn't because of me, it was because of him. And, and literally, he literally, before I became a believer, literally saved my life on at least three different occasions that I'm aware of. I mean, literally, I shouldn't, shouldn't be alive. And so I'm just, I'm just so thankful. I'm just so thankful that God's handprints are all over my heart and all over my life. And I believe all of us, if you just look back on your life, you can see that God is with you. You can see his handprints on you. And there's in many times in my life, I didn't feel like God was with me. I didn't, you know, I was not aware of Him and, and wondered, where is God in this moment? I think we've all had that, right? Especially in very difficult and tragic moments, 
we have that question many times, but, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. you know, the saying is when you look back on your life, you can see that God was with you and that God was right there in your, your worst moments ever. I was thinking about a testimony I heard from a young man one time that just, just sunk into my heart, and he was, he was uh, probably 14 years old. And he said this. He said, God hung on to me when I didn't want to hang on to him. That's what he said. That was your son, Don. Kevin Gein, he said that one time, and I'll never forget it. It just lodged in my heart because I realized that's, that's the way it really is. You know that saying, uh, you, know that, you know that footprints. It, it, it kind of could seem corny to you, footprints in the sand thing. You know what I'm talking about? And, Lord, where were you? Because there were only one set of footprints in the sand. And the Lord response to this person was, it was because I was carrying you. You know, because I was carrying you. I think it's pretty, pretty amazing to me. And so I really see that in my life. And this thing here, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Really, it's, uh, it's like there's two things to that. There's that inward thing, a lamp that's inside of you, that's burning and helping you make choices and decisions in your life that you are incapable of making apart from some illumination from heaven. So there's this inward thing uh, where God really reveals himself and reveals his mind and heart to you. And then a light to my path, that's an outward thing where, God is, where, you're, be, where you're able to see God outwardly and you're able to see where you're supposed to be going. You know, are you all following me this morning? In my life, you know, I think I shared... Y'all probably don't remember, but I remember it beautifully when I, at the first of the year, uh, I, you know, I, I'll just say it. I got where I, the, the prophetic word for the year became distasteful to me. Like, oh, I'm done with that, Lord. I'm just done because mainly I don't really ever see anything coming out of that. So I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> but I got up on New Year's Day. I said, Lord, just in case, though. <laughs> You want to tell me something, that would really be good. I'm listening just in case. And the Lord spoke to me right at that moment. I, I was walking out of my bedroom after I got up, and he spoke to me, and he said, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And I thought, well, what the heck is my lane? Because at that point, I had kind of felt like I'd lost my way in a sense. I'd kind of fit, you know, I'd been through so many things, and, and so much had happened, and I'd felt so challenged in my life for years. I mean, literally years I felt everything was challenged in me. Everything I believed and everything I felt was precious had gone through a fire. And so once, you, once I came out of that, I, was, I wasn't really sure. I wasn't sure about my lane, my path. I was sure God was my lane and my path, and I was going towards Christ. That wasn't the issue. But the way my life was working and, and the way it seemed like everything around me was working, it... I felt challenged about it. And so, uh, but God, you know, he follows up when he speaks to you. He really does. He'll follow up on his word. And here's what he's taught me in the last, you know, seven, almost seven months is for me, the way I find my lane and know my lane, it is not trying to find the lane. It's It's discovering the things that are not my lane. It's discovering the things that God has no interest in talking to me about. When, when God seems to be silent many times, it's because we are trying to, we're trying to seek something out that He has no interest. He has no light there for you. He has no revelation there for you. 
Are y'all following that? He has no, that's not where he wants to direct your path. That's not the light he wants to shine on your path. And so I began to really go through this process of things, beautiful things, awesome things, but I realized that's, that's just not what God has for me because God refuses to have a conversation with me about those things. And so I've really been able to really define my path more and more and more and more every day. And it is through revelation that we find our path. Revelation is hearing God. Revelation is illumination. Revelation is that light. Revelation is that thing. Are y'all following this? So, you know, much of what we uh, want and much of what God has for us, really all of it, you know the, say, the statement, hidden in plain sight? Y'all, y'all have heard that before, right? It's true about God and the things of God in your life. It's right there in plain sight, but it's hidden. And why is it hidden? Because you can't see those things apart from the Holy Spirit allowing you to have revelation on those things. Okay? It's like being in a dark room. It's going to be hard to navigate in that dark room unless somebody turns the light on. And so we are very dependent on our lives and the direction of our lives on the Holy Spirit and on the Holy Spirit revealing to us, turning the light on within us so we can begin to see inwardly. And when you begin to see inwardly, you can begin to see outwardly. That's the the way the Christian life is meant to be built. It's not built outwardly. It's built inwardly. And as you begin to get revelation, you know revelation... It's like, you know, if you've seen the thing, somebody gets a good idea, you know, the cartoon or the picture, a light bulb turning on. That's what we're talking about in Revelation. God, it, it takes God to show you, to reveal. The beautiful thing about all this, we're totally dependent on the Lord. We need Him to give a revelation. We can't reason ourselves into anything. We can't think ourselves. We can't understand ourselves into anything spiritual. It's impossible. It will not work. You will come to the wrong conclusion over and over and over. But if you have revelation, then you can get, you can come to the right conclusion. And so it's the, the beautiful thing about it is we desperately need revelation. It's not something we can, we can you know, do ourselves, but it's something that God does. And I'm going to tell you this morning, it's something that God has done in every person in this room. Every person in this room, you're carrying revelation in you whether you realize it or not. The key is to understand it, that you carry revelation. You are a person of revelation. And that's why you're able to be a prophetic person because you are carrying revelation inside of you. Okay? And once you begin to tap into that revelation and begin to work with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to help you cultivate this thing in your life and make it the important thing in your life, Make it something you put focus on. Make it th- something you go after in your life. Then you can begin to see that revelation will begin to work in your life in every area of your life, every area. Child raising, you name it. We, there's no area where God doesn't want to release the spirit of wisdom and revelation into your life. And so that's, that's why I want to talk to you about this. Um, you know, everybody needs identity, everybody needs purpose, everybody needs destiny. Everybody needs that, and those things only come through true revelation. That's how we get our identity. That's how we find our purpose. That's how we see our destiny, is through revelation. And so, 
Now, there's, uh, there's this beautiful parable here. Woo, y'all have already got me tired. Okay, I do have a lot of passion about this. Okay, I just, let me just go ahead and say this. Because it, it, when I began about, I, I'm thinking 23 years ago or something like that, in my Christian life, I began to tap into Revelation. And I think I was telling you a couple of weeks ago, I listened to a message I preached in 2001, and it was like, Ugh. <laughs> it was rough, man. Uh, but I had revelation in the message. In fact, I thought, wow, I forgot about that revelation. How did I ever know that? It was something God revealed to me, you know. And so this revelation thing, it literally has changed and transformed my life. Okay, and that's why, to me, this is vital, and I think it's vital for everything, and I can just show you a million examples in the Bible. But I do want to show you this one particular one that I think is so, it's almost like a hidden jewel in the Bible. It's Luke eight sixteen through 18. And this, par- this is a parable, and it's called the parable of revealed light or the parable of revelation. How many people have ever heard of this parable? This I've never heard anybody preach on this parable in my entire Christian life. I've heard, and I've actually used little bits and pieces, and I never looked at it as a parable until recently as I began to really ask the Lord about this, you know, trying to see, like, difference, you know, different ways of how this, this whole thing of revelation is. And um, so let me read it, and then I'll, let me tell you a couple of cool things about it. It says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed. That used to disturb the fire out of me, that verse. <laughs> it disturbed the fire out of me because I didn't understand what he was saying. I, think he, I thought he was talking about bad things. Like, oh, Lord. They're going to find out how bad I am. <laughs> you know? Becky's going to find out that I went out and spent 40 bucks on something that she thinks is ridiculous. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that. I'll talk about it. It doesn't mean that. This is, all, this is all very positive. This is all going in a very positive direction for us. There's a place where God may reveal something that's not good. I'm not disdaining that, but I'm saying before we get there, I'd like to step into the, to the goodness of it. And the goodness of it to take care of the, the stuff you don't want to be revealed. Nor anything, that will, uh, anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Just another little side note. That verse that I just read the number, the, about what you have, that is the first verse that God ever spoke to me as a believer. The first verse, when I first got saved, God started talking to me. And that's what, how he talked to me. He talked to me about what he wanted to do in my life. And he said, what you thought you had, you lost because you really didn't have anything. But now you have something. That's what he said to me. You now have something. I'm this guy just saved. I didn't know nothing. Like, what do I have? I don't have nothing. I'm just barely, you know, I'm escaping people that hated me. You know, <laughs> that's what I have. Like, I'm still alive here. Everything's cool here. Now, but God was saying, no, you, you now have something. And, and you need to cultivate that in your life and allow that to become growing. Isn't that just amazing that God would speak that to a young 
young guy. I was young in my early 20s and been really deeply in, in the world. And now God's really speaking to me, revealing a verse to me that really has set the course of my life. So right after I got saved, God uh, immediately began to speak to me. And he, I started having all these dreams. And in those days, the dreams were more like this. Stay away from that girl. She's not good for you. <laughs> Don't hang out with them people. They're not the right I mean, just over and over, he was just, he was truly guiding my path. He was truly telling me which way to go, you know. And I got radar lock on Becky then. Like, is she the one, Lord? Yeah. Go. Green light, go. That was the Lord for me, okay? God was revealing to me. And so I've spent the first few years of my Christian life, early Christian life, really learning how to hear the Lord and, and you know, having prophetic dreams and having these revelations from the Lord. And, but things happen along the way. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a little bit, about for all of us, things happen. So anyways, I just love all this because it's so rich. God has imposited something rich in all of us, a treasure. And God wants us to see the treasure in us and let that treasure affect our life, okay? And let it affect your life and not become a, a lukewarm, lethargic Christian where our eyes are all set on this world and what's happening here. But we see something different and we are, we are impacted by something greater than what's happening here. So this parable is not really a real known parable as I've mentioned before, but it actually appears in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In Matthew, it's interesting, it, does, it appears in the Beatitudes, right behind the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. It was like Jesus gave those Beatitudes, then he mentioned something about being salt, then he mentioned something about being light, and then he gave this little parable right in the middle of his you know, first real teaching on the kingdom of heaven. And then in Mark, he teaches on the, the parable of the sower, right? One of the most famous parables there is, and this is right behind the parable of the sower. And then here in Luke, if you go back, same thing. Parable of the sower, bam, he talks about it. So this is all about, you know, God speaking, God revealing himself because it's, you know, connected like that in, both, in all three of those places. So it's really pretty powerful. Um, and so the first thing it says, which is kind of duh, if you're going to light a lamp, you're not going to cover it. Right? So that's God talking. See, it ain't us lighting the lamp. It's God saying, if I light a lamp in a... Okay, I'm not going to cover this lamp up with something. Okay? That's what he's saying. And, and in a minute, we're real. That lamp is inside of us. So in each one of us, this is it. In each one of us, when we got born again, there was a, a light turned on within our hearts, within our soul. Okay? And from God's perspective, he says, this is what Jesus is saying, hey, God has turned a light on in you. Now, God didn't turn that light on you for, for you or somebody else or something else to cover that light. Okay? That's what he's saying. But it was a warning. It was like, even though you had this light, there's things that are going to try to cover that light. Are y'all following this? There's things, and here he mentions two things. Okay, the first thing he mentioned is a vessel. And in Mark, he mentions, it's a, he calls it a basket. 
Okay? And so if you go back and look at what that meant in the, in the culture of Jesus, it was a, some kind of pot or even some kind of basket that held food. That's what it was. That's what it was used for. It was, it was for food. It was for, you know, dry food, not wet food, not water, not, you know, drink, but food. So that's what he was saying. That's what the Lord was saying to people. Listen, guys, the necessities of life, like food, like clothing, like all these things that you need, all these cares, these things have the potential. Listen, these things have the potential of covering this light in you. Because you can become so focused on what other places, uh, I think the parable of the sower, the cares of this life choke the word of God out of people. Are y'all following this? Now, this is, this is vital for us because we all have cares. We all have necessities. We have children that need to eat. We have children that need to be clothed, gotten up, put in school, taken care of, gotten home. Uh, you have the jobs where you have bosses that have, you know, necessary requirements. We have, all of us have those things. We all have this pressure on us in life that has to be, these things have to be addressed. We, and we have to put focus on those things. He's not saying you're not to focus on them, but he is warning us those things can take that beautiful thing called revelation inside of you and it can cover that light and suddenly the light in you has become dark. And as a believer, when that light goes out in you, what you, don't, what you begin to see, you, begin, you can't connect with God. You can't see what God's doing. You can't, you can't get anything. You read the Bible and it's like, duh, what, what am I reading? You know, it affects every part of your life. Your, your affections and your desires to the things that God has called you to suddenly be, start becoming less and less. And then you start having these affections and desires for things that God hasn't called you to. Do I know, am I talking to anybody in here? So when you find yourself in that state, there's a vessel that has covered that light in you. And that's really where we had to go at because that's, that's why the parable was, to help us don't allow this in your life. Pay attention to what's going on in your heart. Pay attention when your desires for things, even good things, but God's saying, no, that good thing's really not for you because it'll lead you in a wrong path. Y'all okay? Y'all ain't looking okay. So I think that's, that's one of the first things that Jesus wanted us to be careful about. He, and he said that even over in, in the, the Sermon on the Mount when he talked about the kingdom of God in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 10. He was saying about worry, like, you know, about worry, about food, clothing. Don't seek these things, Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom, and then these things will be addressed in your life. That, that's what Jesus said. That's what he said. Because he knew if you go after those things and those things become predominant in your life, it's going to pull you away. It's going to slowly and surely pull you away. Pull you away. Even relationships, you know, like man-woman relationships. Oh, man. That's a beautiful gift from God, right? And God wants us to enjoy it, but it, it can pull you away. It can pull you away from God if you put the wrong focus on it. I mean, I'm talking to married people even. If you, you know... Anyways, let's just move on here. Lord, help. <laughs> so, let me just say this. One other thing, though, about Revelation. 
Okay, that's just really important. I want to say, then I'm going to talk about that, that bed thing. Because you're talking about putting a lamp under the bed. I have a lot of beautiful things on that. But I didn't really say this. I want to say this. I'm just kind of, this is kind of a sidetrack about the beauty of Revelation. I, I, what I want, if, if I could get anything out of this morning for you, it's that you'd walk away having this hunger in your heart from God for Revelation that you would desire it. And so for me, Revelation, like I said, it tr- changed my life. It's taught me how to hear God's voice and to recognize His voice. It's taught me that still, small voice. It's taught me when that little, still, small voice says something to be able to catch it. Now, I'm, let me say, it's teaching me, not taught. It's not passing. This is an ongoing thing in my life. But that's what it's doing. It teaches me how, when, you know, how the Holy Spirit rested on Jesus like a dove. So a dove is very sensitive, and there's all these little nuances in your life that is God in the moment. But it's easy, a little dove is a little easy thing to miss the little nuances on that dove, that the dove don't like it or the dove likes it. That is not a real clear thing. You hear what I'm saying? That's not real clear to us normally. But when we begin to tap into Revelation, it becomes clear. We catch those little things. Because a lot of what happens in the spirit realm as Christians, in the kingdom realm, is it's all little things. It's all these little nuances. It's, lots of times it's not the big things. We want this big dynamic thing, and I want a big dynamic thing. But day in and day out, it's a little nuance here, a little nuance there. A little thing that God does that you catch out of the corner of your eye even sometimes. And you realize, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. He was on that. I felt a little breeze on that. I felt a little breath come off of that thing that that person said. Uh, even if it was a commercial on TV. Oh, I felt a breath off that commercial. God was trying to speak something to me. You know, so that's what this thing about revelation, that's what it does because it's like the light that's shining that can see. It can see into the spirit realm and see what's happening there. Are y'all, y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? And you really do, you know, you really do dis- dis- discover the language of heaven because heaven's language is a little different from ours. Things are, are communicated a little different. And you can begin to discover that, like, oh, I'm hearing something. You know, one of the, the classic examples of, of this was, uh, y'all, some of y'all remember Bob Jones. He passed away about four years ago, a little over four years ago now, which is crazy. But I know he'd come to here and preach, and nobody, you know, was like, what is he talking about? Because he talked in riddles almost. But if you were tapping in spiritually, you would catch things. You would catch it. Because you would hear something that God has specifically for you. Because he wasn't trying to teach people. He was releasing things. And what he was releasing was he was just releasing stuff. And some things would hit this person. Some things would hit that person. Some things would hit that person over there. It was for them. It wasn't for everybody. You see what I'm saying? And and it was because, you know, he... and, And so, you know, it was because that God, you know, him being like a prophet... That's how he flowed. He didn't flow like a teacher. He didn't try to be a teacher. He just tried to release the voice of God to, to people that could hear the voice of God. And so I might not be able to hear the voice of God that Tim needs to hear. Okay? So, that it, like, oh, that, I didn't get that. That wasn't for me. But that was for Tim. Are y'all following this? And so that's what Revelation does for you. It it helps you to catch what God has for you so you can walk that path of life that He designed for you and that you can be successful in life. You can fulfill your purpose. You can know your identity. You can have your destiny flowing in your life. It really is. 
So that's what I have found beautiful about Revelation. Another thing that has really been impacting for me about Revelation is, is Bible reading. Okay? Listen to this scripture right here, Luke 24, 45. This is one of my favorite scriptures too. It says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. You get that? Then he opened their minds. This is what Jesus did to his disciples. He opened their minds. Because up to that point in their walk with God, they could not understand the scriptures. So he opened their mind. He did something to their mind. He did something to them that caused them to be able to hear Scripture or read Scripture or hear somebody preach about Scripture, then suddenly it was not just words that their brain was trying to get around. It was revelation to them. It was speaking to them. And they was getting what God was saying. And it changed your Bible reading. When you begin to flow in revelation, your Bible reading changes. And instead of reading the Bible because you should as a Christian and you're doing your due diligence, right, like a lot of people do, you know, it's more of an excitement because it's an exploration to you. You are exploring and trying to discover through the Scripture what God is saying to you or about some situation He wants to communicate to you. So suddenly reading the Bible is like not going through the motions every day. It's literally, God, what are you saying today? And it may be one sentence or one word. But God wants to speak to people through the Scripture. And it will give you a love for the Scripture. When you start having revelation... In the Scripture, it causes you to love the Scripture. It causes you to want to read the Scripture. You know? That that doesn't mean every day and every word that you read is going to be profound to you. It may not be. But they might be just one little thing that just just goes with you all day. Or, Or this. You may read what you read. Okay? That was great, Lord. Thank you. I feel... I feel like there's something happening to me. It's unconscious to my natural man. But then you, somebody else says something. They mention a scripture to you and you're like, Woo, oh, I felt that. God just spoke to me. You hear what I'm saying? But you were able to catch it. Would y'all like to have that kind of life? That's what God has for people. God is not boring. The Bible's not boring. It's boring if it's here. But when it begins to get here, it quits being boring. It becomes an interesting thing to you and you become interested in it and you become to love it and desire it and know that God has something for you in it. So I I just really want to... And so the challenges obviously are first the cares of this life. How many people have ever read the Bible while they were worrying about something? (laughs) Duh, what did I just read? Duh, why did I even read like this? Why didn't I ask the Lord to help me with this worry so I can tap in, get this bowl of worry off my heart Get the lights back on inside of me so I can begin to see again. Are you okay? Yeah. All right. The other thing's the bed. Okay. Don't hide. It says, let's read. Let me read that. It says, he, he, uh, don't, he covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on. In other words, the bed sets it on a bed. Now, I, I have this amazing thing about nighttime. Okay. So the bed is like, you know, here it will be symbolic of, of rest and sleep. Now, you could say that's talking about being lazy, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going to sleep all day. I'm sleeping at noon, you know. Uh, you, know you know, it could be that. And, and laziness is not a good thing. If you're lazy, things ain't going to work out too good for you spiritually. But most people, you know, quit being lazy when they got out of their teen years, Right? 
you know, they don't got no mama there to tell you to get up every day. And, you know, if you're going to eat, you know, you got to get a job. So, but I think this is, for me, is more talking about our night times, okay? Because we spend one-third, listen, one-third of our life basically sleeping. God is interested in this, that one-third of your life, very interested in that one-third of your life. And see, what God wants to do is He wants to redeem, redeem people's nights. In other words, instead of when you go to bed, well, I'm going to bed to go to sleep. Let me just put my lamp, let me put all that God does under the bed, and I'll pick it back up when I wake up in the morning. That's, that is not what God wants from us. God is very interested in, in your nights and getting in, into your nights with you. Okay? Now, He really does. I think I've shared some about some of the things, but every night when I go to bed, I, I literally go to bed anticipating that God's going to speak to me while I sleep. Literally. Literally. I'm, I'm asking Him to do things while I sleep. You know, the devil knows about our nights. And that's why, you know, you have people that are afraid of the dark, right? Everybody, everybody has been afraid of the dark. I, when I was a kid, I was really afraid of the dark, uh, you know, for different reasons. But, you know, because the devil uses darkness as a cover, Right? To do bad things. And so he goes after people and, and messes with their sleep, which if you, if you have a bad night sleeping, your day is not going to be as great, right? It's going to be kind of a little bit more difficult. What about a person who has chronic insomnia? You know? I mean, that's, that's demonic. You see, that's where a trespasser has come into your life and is trespassing on, on this precious time where God, and I can give you a bunch of scriptures on this, and maybe I will later, but the thing that Jesus was saying is, is let, let me have your nights. Let me get involved in your nights. Let me begin to give you dreams. Let me begin to heal your heart in the night. Let me begin to speak to you in the night. And so what I, are y'all following that? What I do is I, when I get in bed, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, here's what I need for you to do for me. Is you know, I know I got some bad thoughts going here. I know I got some, some toxic stuff just while I'm sleeping, Lord, take care of that for me. You know, just let the blood cleanse me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit as I sleep. Lord, give me a dream. Give me a vision. Give me a revelation. Let me wake up with a scripture on my mind. Let me wake up with a song that's speaking to me. And you know what? God does that very often in my life. Very often. You know, I will tell you this. To me, my night times are some of the, my most spiritual time. I feel like my nights are much more spiritual than my day. Okay, because God really, since I've been saved, the way that God has primarily spoken to me is through dreams and through visions. And then he added the revelation of Scripture. So to me, the nighttime is is critical for us as believers because it's easy. You don't have to do anything. You you get out of the way and let God do do what he wants to do. Let him speak to you. Have you ever, you know, that's the old thing. Let me just say this. I'm really going to hammer on you with this have you ever heard the statement, you got a problem, well, let me sleep on it, right? And sometimes you sleep on it, you wake up and you have an answer. Why did you have an answer? Because God visited you in your dream and got rid of a lot of thoughts and brought it. Solomon, Solomon, the Lord came to Solomon what? Where did he come to him? In a dream while he was sleeping and said, what do you want? And he said, I want wisdom to take care of this beautiful people of yours. And the Lord said, well, you didn't ask for riches, so I'm going to give you wisdom, and I'm going to throw money in on top of it. That happened in a dream. That happened while he slept. 
You go through the whole Bible over and over and over and over. Jacob, Jacob's ladder. What was he doing? Sleeping. And woke up. I didn't know God was here. That's what he said. He didn't think it was just a dumb dream. I didn't know God's here. This is the gate of heaven. Because God revealed himself to that. And the Bible tells us clearly in Acts 2 that when God pours his Holy Spirit out, Young men, was dream, uh, young men will have visions, old men dream dreams. And all my sons and daughters will prophesy. It's part of our, our inheritance from the Lord. So you need to redeem your nights. You need to start going after this. And be, be intentional about your nights. And if God doesn't show you anything because he doesn't do something every night, big deal. Hey, I slept good. I feel good today. I got to go to sleep, you know, and God gave me restful sleep, you know. But when you invite him, he comes. Well, last night I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to talk about this tomorrow. Here I am wide awake for some dumb reason. It was one of those reasons like, uh, you, have you ever, it's like a caffeine thing. You drink a cup of coffee and you go to sleep and then 2 o'clock you wake wide open like, why am I awake? But I forgot to do something. And I lay there and prayed a little bit. And like, oh, gosh, I need to do this. So I got up and did it and went back to bed and got kind of sleeping again. But I just want to encourage you, you know, about, um, about your nights this morning. And become a person where God speaks to you in your nights, where God gives you dreams, where God gives you visions, where God gives you revelation, where God gives you solutions to problems and issues that you have in your life. God gives you a vision for your life. God does stuff. He restores you. He heals you. He, uh, you wake up forgiving somebody that wrongs you. It's just a, a, an array of things that God does because we get out of the way, you know, and God begins to go to work. God invented dreams just like he invented imagination, and he wants to take possession of that in your life and begin to work with you on that. Okay, are we all right? Should we stop? I'll, I'll finish this fast. Nobody says... Okay, should I take silence as yes, stop? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, please, don't, Lord, help him, Lord. God, please, slap him, you know, do something, the dummy. I want to read those same verses to you. I'll just finish this real quickly. The same verses, Luke 8, 16 through 18. I read them to you in the New King, New King James Version, which, you know, is like an all-time favorite of mine. But I have other versions of Bibles that I do love, which... Uh, the Message Bible, I think it's beautiful. And I love the Passion Translation. And I feel like the Passion Translation, I read all these different translations on this verse. I mean, even crazy ones that like, oh, you know. You know, to some you can't hardly even read. You think King James is hard to read? There's some versions out there like, duh, how can anybody read this? It's just hard. Uh, but this is in the Passion. Let me read it to you. No one lights a lamp and then hides it. Covering it over or putting it where it won't light won't its light won't be seen. No one no the lamp is placed on a lampstand so others are able to benefit from its brightness. That's like prophetic right there for others. Because this revelation lamp, don't you love that? Because this revelation lamp now shines. That's what we want to hear this morning. I have a revelation lamp shining in me. You have a revelation lamp in you. And it's shining. There, it might be under the bed. It might be covered. But there is a revelation lamp in you. And your job is to find out if it's not shining, why? Why is this thing not shining? Let me get this covering off of it. 
Have I stuffed it under the bed and every night's misery to me? Get it out from under the bed and let it, let it begin to flow. I love that. Nothing will be hidden from what? You. Nothing. Because God will begin to reveal the mysteries of His kingdom to you because you have this fire burning and you've that this lamp that's throwing out this light around you and you'll begin to see what God has designed for you to see. For as far as you're concerned, everything that God meant for you to have will be revealed to you. He'll show it to you one way or the other. That's the heart of God for all of us. He didn't want to hide everything from us. Every secret of the kingdom will be unveiled and out in the open made known by revelation light. Every secret of the kingdom. God didn't put us a kingdom, didn't want to hide it from us. Like, oh, I'm putting you in it, but I'm hiding it. No, it's hidden in plain sight, but this revelation exposes it to us. I think that's beautiful. Okay, so, so pay careful attention to what? To what? Your what? Pay careful attention to your heart. Okay, that's what it says. Pay attention. As you hear my teaching, for to those who have an open heart, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. And that is, you know, what, how God meant for us to live. It's an overflowing life. We have overflowing revelation, overflowing kindness, overflowing love, all this overflowing good stuff. And for those who did not listen with open hearts, what little they think, imagine they have will be taken away. So, number one, verse 17 says that we are to seek revelation. Okay? That's what we're supposed to do. We're to seek it. We're to pursue it. We're to ask a God about revelation. He wants us to do that. That's God's will for you. Seek revelation. Ask Him for revelation. Don't read the Bible without asking for revelation. I pray that 2445 every time I open the Bible. Lord, open my mind to understand what I'm fixing to read. Every time. And you know what happens sometimes? I read some, and it's like, to me, you know, just a blur. But then there'll be that part of it that God starts talking to me about. And then I always go back and read the, the blur part, like, what was I missing here? Why wasn't I catching that? Okay, there's a cost with revelation. There's a cost that comes with revelation on a consistent basis. That's what he was saying about your heart. Pay careful attention. It will cost you to have revelation. Here's the cost. You have to be intentional about it. Okay, that's the cost. You have to make it a priority in your life. That's why Jesus said, seek, ask, knock. He said to do that. He said, if you want these things, go after these things. Are y'all following that? What I was talking about being lazy a while ago, well, in the natural, there's a lot of Christians that are spiritually lazy. There's a big difference, let me tell you this, between the grace of God doing the work in you than being just slap lazy and indifferent towards God. And that indifference towards God and the things of God will cost you big. So if you really want this revelation thing, you can't be indifferent about it. You can't say, oh, maybe I'll do that, or that's not that important. These are the more important things. Now you need to move that up there to the top of the important things. Okay? You need to get that up there, move it up the list. I'm going to seek out this revelation because so, I need to know. I need to know what God has for me. I need to know what's happening around me. I need to know what's happening in my home. 
I need to know what's happening with my kids. I need to know how to speak into my kids' life. I need to know how to speak into my grandkids' life, Lord. I need to know it, but I can't do it with my brain. I need to know it from my heart and hear something from heaven to speak into them that's going to carry them through this nasty world they're living in. So passivity is acceptance of what happens without active response. A lot of passive Christians. You just accept, you know, K Sarar, Sarar, whatever it will be. That's not the Christianity of the Bible. That's not the Jesus Bible. That's not the Jesus, you know, the way he went after things. Jesus went after stuff. Paul went after stuff. Peter went after stuff. And they got what they went after. They made it a focus. They made it intention. They made it valuable to them. Are y'all okay? Well, last one about the heart. Y'all know this scripture. Above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. You know, open your heart. Guard your heart. You know, it's the wellspring of life. That means everything that happens in your life is affected by your heart. Okay? Or or it affects your heart. Your heart's either affecting how you live or how, how you live is affecting your heart. And so that's why the Bible says to guard it, to make sure you don't allow things into your heart. Every relationship, your finances, your job, your health, your spirituality, everything comes down to the heart. Everything. And so that's, and that's how revelation, it comes down to heart things. And so we have to make, guard that and let that revelation have preeminence in our heart. And when you begin to do that, the beauty of it will become in your life. And you will see that God, it's what Jeannie was saying, God, you're so beautiful, or, or something like that. We just, you're just awesome. You're so good. You see, when she said that, I thought, wow, that's really, that's really true for her. Did y'all pick, feel that when she said that? That was true for her. I could feel that, that, that wasn't, she wasn't just saying the Christian thing, the right thing. She was saying something out of her heart. Okay, and you can feel it. You can sense it when something's coming from a person's heart versus something coming just because it's, it's the right thing or the cool thing or all that crazy stuff, you know? And so what God wants to do is he wants to get a hold of our hearts and, you know, don't let your heart be hardened. You know, sin hardens your heart. That's one thing that will shut you down in Revelation. Just if you start sinning, I'm not talking about you commit a sin here and there. I'm talking about if you start a lifestyle of sin, when you're just sinning all the time, you, you're not going to be able to tap into Revelation because your heart. The other thing, uh, you know, that will mess your, mess your heart up is religion, okay? Because religion is self-effort. And so that will just shut your heart down in a heartbeat. Self-effort doesn't work with Revelation. But grace-inspired effort really works well with Revelation. And the last thing that will get your heart where a lot of people stumble is, is um, doing stuff that are great things, that are awesome things, but God didn't ask you to do them. Because that's, this is what this will do. Your heart will get overworked. And when your heart gets overworked, guess what happens to it? It's just like what happens to your hand. This is from, this is from the Bible. This is when Jesus even said this to his disciples one time because they couldn't recognize what was happening. And he said, your hearts are hardened. Your hearts, and he wasn't talking about sin. And if you look at that word hardened, it means calloused. If you go back in those verses, as in Mark 7 and 8, you go back in those verses, you find this one thing with those disciples, what they were doing. They were working their hind end off. 
for Jesus, doing stuff with Jesus. And they were tired, and they were supposed to take a rest because Jesus said, we need to get away from here and take a rest. They didn't get a chance to rest because a bunch of people came. Jesus ministered to them. The time they get in the boat, they're all just wore out. They're wore out from doing good works. And so we need revelation on about what we're supposed to do. We need revelation on yes. We need revelation on no. We are not supposed to do everything. Jesus didn't just jump at every need that came His way. He was able to discern the need. This morning I read where this guy said, Hey, Jesus, my brother will not give me my inheritance. Make him do it. And you know what he said? That ain't my job. You do it. Some of us would have jumped right, oh yeah, let me help you. I'm going to negotiate with you and work this out for you. See, he knew better. He knew what he was supposed to do. The next day, somebody could have asked him the same thing. He might have said, yeah, I'll help you. Because he was allowing the Holy Spirit to guide him and show him what he was supposed to not do and to do. And so, you, you really have to have this sanctified self-care in your life where you, you take care of yourself so you can do the things that God has called you to do and do them with a lot of energy and do them well, you know? And the things he hadn't, well, you can con- congratulate the person that God has called them to do that. Amen? And that's what, how revelation works. Are you okay? I'm done. Stand up, please, if you want to. <laughs> so there's a lot more to this. Maybe the Lord will help me do this. I think there's a lot more that needs to be said on it. There's ways of cultivating revelation in your life, things that you can do, things you should do to, let, to, to really cultivate revelation so it can grow in you because it is like, it's life. It can grow, it can expand, or it can, it can, it can pull back. Um, somebody was telling me, well, anyways, I'm not going to get on that. I just wanted to pray for you about revelation. I want to pray that the Lord will put a, a deep passion and desire in your life for revelation. I want to pray this. Paul the Apostle said this in Corinthians 12. I will go on to dreams, visions, and revelations of the Lord. He said that, I will. That released something. That was after he had one of the most amazing revelations ever. But he, it was a choice that he was making in that moment, that this would become a priority in my life. And guess what he did? He went on to dreams, riches, and revelations of the Lord. Whoever had as much revelation in the Scripture as Paul. It's amazing. Amazing encounters with the Lord because he made it a choice. He made a decision. This is what my life is supposed to be. I'm going to tell you something. That is what your life is supposed to be. If if you need to have this attitude towards the Lord, Lord, if Paul can have that, I can have that. If Paul can have that, I can have that. Now, I don't necessarily want to get a, how did they kill Paul? <laughs> I don't necessarily want that part, but I want the revelation part. I'll get my part on that on the other end. We'll all get our part. But we all can have dreams, visions, and revelations of the Lord. It's a gift from heaven. It's in you. It's in you, it's in you, it's in you. Discover what's in you and allow what's in you to come alive in you and begin to affect you every day of your life. Amen? So, Lord, I just pray right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to begin to flow 
in these hearts this morning that, that the eyes of their heart will be enlightened, Lord. There would be an enlightenment that would come. There would be revelation that would come into these hearts this morning. And that you begin to reveal things that you give us a taste. It says, taste and see that the Lord is... You give everybody in this room a taste of revelation that they would see how good it is, how sweet it is. That, 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 that would, it would be like a, a beautiful, a beautiful, healthy, uh, beautiful addiction in their life. That they would, they would say, oh, i got to have this more. I don't want just a taste. I want it to be something that I live in, that I walk in. And that your lamp, you know, would be a guide. You would help me. You would show me the way, Lord. I would begin to see things I've never seen before. Lord, I begin to see what's, what's hidden in front of me all my life that I've never seen. It would begin to be revealed to me today, Lord. I just pray that for people in this room. There's answers uh, for problems, okay, that you have right now. The answer is very apparent, but you don't have it. You're not seeing it. I pray today God would do something for you, and you would see an answer to your problems. You, oh, you think, oh, my gosh, I didn't see it. It was right there. Yeah. I just felt in my heart that for some of you, you, you understand what Byron is saying. And I really sense that the Holy Spirit wants to increase that in you. Some of you that don't have this kind of experience that said, you know, I'm sleeping. I don't remember a thing after I wake up. The Lord wants to start giving you that. So you, that you will remember, okay? Because we need to remember when He speaks to us. So I feel as Byron has prayed, something was released. But it's up to you to guard that and to continue to go after that which the Lord gives you. And if you're a good steward to that, He'll give you more. Okay? Just to give you, if you allow me, I want to give you a supernatural example that happened at work with me. Lowe's, before I went through the whole shakeup and they let go a bunch of people, I was, I was sitting with directors and the Lord told me, I'm going to shake up this place. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? I'm ready. I got my sweep. And I'm getting ready to sweep this place clean. I'm going to shake. And that word, when it started happening, I shared that with a couple other Christians. We prayed about it. And that word helped me in place throughout that season. And it ha- I have several experiences and words for people. They were Nobody knew what they were doing, but God knew. And the Lord would give me in a dream. And he would tell me, go and tell this person. I see what they're doing. And he would give me an example with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, what in the world? Well, this person was a weightlifter. And when I went to her and said, you know, I had a dream with you. When Arnold came to you and said, I see what you're doing. And I'm going to reward you. A couple weeks later, the director of our whole floor came and said, I'm going to give you this opportunity to now be uh, uh, go to the next level in your position. And I want you to be in this position. And she remembered the dream that God gave me for her. God wants to use you to speak out there because that's what we needed. We need, we need solutions to real problems out there. We need it. And the Lord wants to release that for you this morning. I really sense that if you have not had dreams from heaven, God wants to give you that now. And if you really want it, you really can claim it and grab it. And he was saying this this morning. 
you know? Just, just choose today. Lord, I want this. I cannot live my life without this. Just a quick refresh one. It happened to me this week. I was leaving work and the Lord told me, and the faith and the small things you were faithful and the bigger things I will put you. I said, What do you mean, Lord? A couple days later, my manager said, You did a great job. I want to put you in bigger things now. I'm gonna put you in charge of changing and shifting this whole thing in here. How and the Lord remind me, did not tell you you were faithful in small things. Now I want to put you in much. God wants to speak to his people. We need that. We didn't encounter like Joseph had. Because otherwise we would not work in here, guys. We really need this. So I want to pray for you. And if you want this, I'm going to release it to you. The Holy Spirit is going to impart dreams and visions. But you've got to do something with it. Don't just keep it inside. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do I do with this revelation now? Right? It's up to you. And if you don't know how to do this, just speak in tongues. Whatever you say, Lord, give it to me. I need it, God. I need it for my children, my job, my family, my marriage. Oh, Holy Spirit, just come right now and release the anointing for dreams and visions. It is now. Acts is happening now. Joel's prophecies fulfillment is happening now for us it is for today not for tomorrow yesterday it's now holy spirit release that the holy spirit wants to meet with some of you and heal your heart of the losses that you have had he will give you visions and dreams of heaven that will heal your heart that no other man can speak to you but the holy spirit can show up at night and give you a dream about that person you lost in your life and say don't worry about it they're with me in heaven This is real, guys. Lord, I just pray for that to be released into this room. I just pray for supernatural encounters with angels, with heaven. That will set people free. Because we cannot live the Christian life any other way. Any other way. I just want to say this real quick lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path is not a spotlight. It's enough light to keep walking by faith, not by sight, but not so much light that you run ahead of God. It's a, it's a walk. And, and, and about things being taken from you or being added to you, I, I've got two arms with a certain amount of muscle mass, but if I tie this arm to my side and I only use this arm, that which I have, it'll be increased. But the muscle in this arm that I never use even that which I have will be taken away. And so we need to use whatever measure we have of the light we have to walk in and the faith we have to move forward in. Just whatever we have, and it'll be, it'll be added, but not diminished. Yeah, it's so good. So I don't know if the ministry team wants to come up to 